0: the people who play it safe are caught just as often as the bold when you think about it like mm-hmm. accidents happen to people who are playing safe so i reflect on losing my kids on a fairly regular basis which helps me be so goddamn grateful for having them in my life
1: welcome to the awaken the awesome podcast with your host what did This is Awaken the Awesome, a podcast where we acknowledge that we are all in this together. Through enlightening conversations and personal insights, we like to engage with individuals just like you, who show us how they are bringing a little bit of awesomeness along their individual journeys. Our hope is to inspire you to always keep pushing and to stay awesome along the way. I genuinely freaked out the first time I saw a short video that today's guest, Eric Liedem, shared of his young daughter on skis going down a hill with no sticks as you know i didn't know what to make of it because you know as a haitian living in canada and even though i do enjoy winter winter sports however such as skiing snowboarding skating all that wonderful stuff they do frighten the living daylights out of me i'll just be very clear with it because i'm not ashamed i've never tried them and i'm just scared and as simple as that no period i'm just scared but you know what that fear that's the thing isn't it as loving parents, we love our children and we take our role as providers and caretakers, I'm sorry, pretty seriously. And oftentimes a bit too seriously. And the unfortunate result is that we have the potential to burden them with our own fears and doubts. Their experiences get somewhat tainted. And that's how I caught myself watching that little video. You know, telling myself, how can they let such a small kid do these things? You know, what if she falls, you know, and all that stuff that, you know, we, you know, outsiders, you know, just become so judgmental or reactionary and stuff that I'm sure Eric has had to contend with over the years of sharing such wonderful and inspiring content of his family's active and outdoor living. It's a wonderful thing to see how Eric teaches us. You know, there's a huge difference between perceived risk and actual risk. And this conversation was a thrill, you know, to see such heartwarming proof that kids, when you take a step back and get out of their way, you know, they will amaze you with their achievements, their curiosity, and their resilience. I really enjoyed this conversation, guys, and I got to share this personal and thought-provoking perspective from a gentleman, you know, who teaches us, you know, through and through how the kids, you know, need to experience risk. You know, we need to let them, you know, take the leash off. The importance of minding our own words when advising caution. The importance of letting go as well as defining what kind of life actually matters to us. So let's get into this. Oh, Awaken the Awesome episode 175 with Eric Liedems. Here we go. Because as I said, just before we hit record, you know what? I'm a father. I have two young kids myself, eight and five. And even growing up eighties, nineties, you know, no helmets, no anything. Like, you know what? You went out. And you came home when the sun, when the sun come down. Okay, fine. But eventually you went out into the world. And these are words that you share because you know what we are, no matter how much we want to give love, we want to give nurturing. We want to give the best of ourselves a better situation, as we like to say to our kids, but we fall into the trap. And you've brought this on in a lot of conversation you had previously, that unfortunately this is where helicopter parenting sets in this is where bubble wrap parenting sets in and we catch ourselves sometimes we don't some people say like you know but these are my kids i'm supposed to protect them but you said it yourself and i so agree because the world doesn't care the world is going to step up to your kids and knock the wind out of them because it's a dangerous crazy ugly world out there and the best thing we can do to serve them is to arm them, is to get them familiar with these uncertainties and these risks. And I was just wondering for yourself, because again, these are values that you transmit to your kids. Were these something that, is it something that you came into or was that something that your parents shared as well growing up?
0: My parents definitely didn't consciously or overtly do it. I've been asked a couple of times or have those I, I wasn't aware of, and even to this day, when I reflect back, I wasn't aware of my parents having those same values. And then I, when I do reflect back, I, my mom let me play in my neighborhood and I came home when the streetlights came on and that I was born in the late eighties. I was in nine, you know, kind of the late nineties, early two thousands. I think I was roaming around the neighborhood on a bike, on a scooter, on a skateboard, playing with my friends in the bush, on the concrete, Getting up to all sorts of free range, free range goodness. And, you know, I had my, had my borders, had the street borders I had to stay within and mm-hmm. only started breaking those. And I was probably like 15 or six or whatever, 14 or 15 and felt like I, I, you know, could get away with something a little further or whatnot, which is all still part of it. Right. Um, but no, I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like I've just, I'm more conscious about it and kind of almost my pendulum is almost swung maybe too far that way, at least from the con, like from the content side of things, that's Mm -hmm. just my shtick. And I, Mm -hmm. so I really like, um, anchored down on that kind of, um, those values of my parenting. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah,
1: it's powerful. It's powerful. Um, Cause, and for anyone who hasn't seen, uh, your YouTube channel first, I really like the first video, I recommend everyone, like, do watch the videos cause they're so cute. It's so earnest. And, you know, kudos on the editing cause like, it's always an adventure, you know, whatever Thanks. it's a 10 minute video or, or it's even cause I was watching, uh, just earlier today, uh, I was watching the video about the, uh, the bus flood <laughs> and you're just like, yeah. I've, and I, again, I'm only, I'm only, you know, just sharing my own impressions. Like I'm seeing you guys, the water's coming in and my natural reaction. Well, get out of there. But no, you're taking this moment to teach your kids. This is how nature works. This is a natural occurrence. This is where the stream, look, where the. where this is where the water's going. And you're filming like, dude, get out of there. But no, I see the, the kids' joy. They're exploring. They're curious. Like, look, daddy, there's water. Look, it's going through the pipe. Look, you know, going for a walk up the stream. Look at how it's reshaping. This is how nature works. And you're like, really? Why can't we just take the time to, you know, understand that this is, this is, this is what life is about. It's about, you know, understanding the now, what is going on now, not just, just flee, you know, the uncertainty. And I applaud Mm -hmm. you for that. And, you know, but the main video I want people to go watch is basically what you share about your values. Um, basically why we parent the way we parent. And again, Mm -hmm. I tip my hat off to you because a lot of people, because we've been conditioned, you know, in our parenting in regards to, okay, we can only take what we think is the best one. But again, you use the term unlearning. And I was wondering like, where the, the, like, it, it's a very powerful thing. And I'm wondering what that means to you to unlearn and how that huh. transmits into your parenting.
0: Oh, well, I, I read a book when I was 17 by Daniel Quinn called mm-hmm. Ishmael. I don't know if you're familiar with it, um, yeah. but it, it almost turned me into the next Chris, Christopher McCandless, the character from into the wild. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I could have been the next 20 year old to go die in a bus. Cause I just sort of got kind of, um, I was just awakened. I, 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 when I was in high school, I wanted to go to uh, university to get a business degree. I had a little yellow Hummer beside my alarm clock that I was watching Donald Trump's The Apprentice and just kind of enjoyed that like that um, masculine dominant types being successful energy of like solving problems and, and putting out fires and, and having those. You know, I thought that like having those uh, attributes, you know, would be desirable and that would lead to a good, successful life. And honestly, with one book, when I was six, 17 years old in, in grade 11, I was born in January. Um, so, yeah, I was 17 years old. I read this book and literally in a, in 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 those in two or three days that it took me to get through this book, everything changed. Um, grades didn't matter to me anymore uh, outside approval didn't matter. And it was, it was like a switch. I can literally, it was like a pre, it, it was very impactful. And I can, I, my life was almost like, you know, and now it's been, that's almost, what is that? 16 years ago. So wow. it's, it, you know, I used to describe in my twenties, it was a pre Ishmael and po, like, you know, my life before the book as a kid mm-hmm. and adolescent and then my life after. And, um, it, that book single handedly taught me to unlearn and sort of, um, school, the the teachings and things and like cultural assumptions that we were taught about how society works and how the world works and and it's kind of a western culture is a very dominating culture it's when we get into globalization and and macroeconomics and mm-hmm. and all sorts of systemic issues that are widespread and you know i've since been able to go continue on my journey of of kind of detaching myself from the ideology i used to have i was very angry at the man in my early 20s
1: right okay and
0: um i've i've since softened i can still acknowledge uh inequality and 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 systemic issues that are there today but i i'm yeah so i i don't know i've just gone on this journey of uh that that book gave me permission to question and as soon wow. as i started questioning things I realized part of that journey, or what was important, was just letting go of certain assumptions and learned lessons I was taught about how to be in the world, how to act in the world. And honestly, like the, the the idea of the American dream, the corporate the the corporate dream, the American dream, which you shared a little bit about. I mean i I just didn't I didn't buy it. I I was able to give it up and see through it right away. And I mean i. I don't know that that's where the unlearning kind of was rooted from was that my, my very impressionable moment after reading that book.
1: Cause that's, that resonates a lot. Cause a lot of people that listen to us are people who are in that, if you will, in between that real foggy notion of, am I doing the right thing? Is there more to this? Do I have to confine myself to this, this, uh, this assumption, as you put it, whether as a parent, whether as an individual, whether as an employee, whether as a spouse, there are things that are part of a script. It's part of your conditioning and listening to you. It's about you choose to live with intent rather than resignation. Am I mistaken on that? And No. That was only totally right if you right. could just uh, just elaborate just a little bit because that's something that's for for some reason for some people it's deathly intimidating. They refuse to just look into the mirror and think like, you know what? I'm dissatisfied or what if there is an alternative? And how can we encourage them to actually lean in and as you said, question your script.
0: Yeah, and I mean, lately, I had one kind of good exchange with a follower talking about, you know, like privilege or my privilege to be able to live this way. And again, I I don't think it's either or like I totally recognize the privilege I've had to make these choices. But then I've had this personal responsibility and looked at the mirror to be like, how do I want to what do I want my life to look like? How do I want to shape my life as a debt? So I'm a ski patroller. I make $18 an hour getting paid to ski and do what I love. Most dads that end up sorry, most ski patrollers that end up starting a family mm-hmm. quit the next year and go to the mine and make a hundred grand a year. Wow. Because there's there's a there's a reasonable piece of the pie as a middle class to go and drive truck and get that financial security. And mm-hmm. you know, I worked for BC Ambulance and pieced it all together and so it was very intentional of just balancing and I, I mean, I don't, I'm not too hung up on balance, but just weighing my values and, and piecing it all together. I value the, our lifestyle over my career. So I don't identify as being, um, solely a ski patrol or a paramedic is that, mm-hmm. as that, as that giving me so much meaning. And, and I don't know, my identity is not hinging on that nearly as much right. as it is. As it is being a dad and 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 valuing how I get to live my life, doing the things I want to do, and like, right. it's selfish in some ways, but it's like it's I I, I it, that's okay. Like it's like I think the world needs people who are happier and doing what they love, and then everything just snowballs and ripples from that. And that in between stage you refer to is. That's where life has had. that's where life happens. That's where any- if you listen to anyone's story that has made it, that has gone on to- to be successful in some endeavor, they are often wrapped up or on the edge of their seat where they have uncertainty, fear, and- and it, maybe it's a little bit exciting. It's not deathly gripping fear. They're not like so- so, um, petrified of what to do, but they don't know what's next. They don't- there, there's a little bit of this unknown of like leaping in, and then it's a deep knowing that everything's going to be okay. And so, without getting into too much hippie talk, I don't know where you're at with like manifest, like your thoughts create your reality. I say, sure. if I'm sitting on I couch, that. if I want to make a sandwich, you literally, unconsciously, are going to think about the sandwich you want, mustard, lettuce, tomato, whatever, and you well, make it. And it, it's that was you thinking the sandwich to life, and it's no different than if you wanted to change your career change your job, monetize a side hustle, put like all that stuff. It's just, we, we are, we, we all have limiting beliefs. I, uh, 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 the big leap guy Hendricks, I think is his name. Yes. And that was, that was a, a book that I read two years ago that helped me realize that we all have limiting thoughts and beliefs that are kind of capping us in our relationships, in our wealth and money journey, in our careers, in our, like, everyone usually has a cap and we're just sort of not aware of these thoughts that mm-hmm. that limit us.
1: Thoughts have power, thoughts have weight, and that's why um through doing a lot of reading myself, I realize you have to be very mindful of the internal dialogue because you uh, you don't catch yourself because we have millions and millions of thoughts every second. You know, we can't process all that information at once, but what comes out of your mouth has a tremendous impact on uh, on your surroundings and your environment. And piggybacking on that, um again, through watching all your videos, I realize that in these moments where you're sharing with your kids, there is an avalanche of positive reinforcement. Good job. Thank you. That's nice. That's very helpful. Good job. Hey, you know, it's like you slid, you slid, well, okay, we're on the bear. It's like, okay, we're going down there. It's like, oh, go ahead. It's like, it is so instinctual. It is so natural. And I'm saying this because for the, for me, it's been a very big deal over the past year, especially with the pandemic, with everybody being stuck at home with their kids. It's been, uh, quite, it's been quite prevalent. Unfortunately, I have to realize it's been a, a very heightened percentage of, uh, again, uh, household, um, uh, I'm afraid to say it, but yes, child abuse and spousal abuse and mental health. And again, a lot of kids have had to bear the brunt of being stuck at home with their parents. And this is a very real issue where you realize that, you know what? contrary to what you do and what what your values are, your number one value is to spend time with your kids. And sometimes we realize that, yes, I had these kids, did these kids, but again, they go do what they do. And then eventually we put them to bed and my job is done. And you brought to the forefront that, you know what, time spent with your kids should be intentional. So be something you want to do. This is something that matters to you. These are your kids. And that's not something to be taken lightly. And you know your message is a very powerful one because that's your number one value, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think so. It's definitely, definitely up there. (laughs) No,
1: because the thing is, because the thing is, it really touched me, you know, in your values because you say it with such truth. Because a lot of people don't want to admit that you know what sometimes, and you don't shy away from it. You know, spending time with your kids, unfortunately, yeah, again, sometimes it can be heavy. Sometimes you're not in the mood, but these are your kids. This is where you build. Memories. This is where you build relationships. This is what they're going to be talking about because at some point you're going to check out and they'll still be here to talk about you. And what are they going to say? You know? And, and
0: I, I think I just had a thought like about that. Cause it's easy to look at social media, to look at my stories that I'm sharing and then mm-hmm. be like, Oh, but I can't be that dad because I have a nine to five. Right. And so that's a comparing, that's a judging thing that naturally is going to happen.
1: Yes.
0: And, and I think I don't, I think if you have a a nine to five job there's and and you, and you take and you take to heart the responsibilities and role of being a dad or a mom, it, it doesn't take all that much. Like, yes, school, like, you know, traditionally traditional families are like one or two adults are working. The kids are in school after school care. Then there's that dinner, that bedtime and you got your weekends Mm -hmm. and I think for me, and this is just my journey, my experience, for whatever reason, I was willing, I get a lot of meaning under spending time with my kids. I got, I've got a lot of, I, I've, I've had a lot of lessons and learning and growth because I feel like they're, they, they provided me with a mirror of like, you know, the idea of reacting and getting triggered. I, I took that as a bit of a, not a challenge, but as an opportunity to, to be a better person. And I guess what I'm getting at is, I don't think it takes all that many hours, but there are some families out there and I don't want to, I'm trying not to judge, but if, if they're in school and then, or boarding school and then they're in summer camp all summer and on weekends you have a nanny, like, like some parents are identifying as uh, their jobs and their careers are more important and they have somebody else raising their kids. Other adults are raising their kids and Mm -hmm. I don't, Think that's right or wrong because maybe they could be fortunate and have a great mentor in their life, a different adult that's going to assume that role of, of mentoring and, and te- teaching those kids and shining, blowing the embers that are alive in that kid. It can be any adult, mm-hmm. but I noticed for me as a dad, I was called to just be able to show up as often as I could and even design my life and my job. So I, I worked 80% night shifts as a paramedic and I was blessed because my night shifts weren't that busy. So Sometimes I had to come home and sleep, but I could go there. I could work on my editing at the station at night, and if I got called out to a to a, to an emergency or a, a paramedic call, hot tip, most of them aren't very most of them aren't emergencies. That's the reality of a first response. Eighty percent of calls are very routine. But yeah, I I built my job around being able to have a lifestyle where I was home three to five days a week.
1: Right. Wow. And
0: that I'm very grateful for. And that was very intentional. And not only so I'm home, but so that we could go canoeing, camping, skiing, and enjoy our British Columbia town of Fernie that we live in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's,
1: and again, intent. You should use the word again. Intent is all about it because, yes, I do believe a lot in the power of manifestation because you can create all the excuses you want. Eventually, what happens is you have to make a choice. What matters to you you know what matters to you and i think um nothing is more clear than when you have to sit down with yourself and basically own the the very very clear concept of you know what this is what i want my life to look like as scary or as simple as it is you have to basically make a choice you can't be the victim of your own life because we make Mm -hmm. a lot of excuses and i've basically been guilty of that myself when you have to realize that you know what Spend time with the kids or work on this email. Spend time with the kids or, you know, just learn to understand, learn to know. And you talk about your kids teaching you lessons. And I want to piggyback on that because that's very powerful because you said it yourself. You are raising individuals. There's a power in there. Individual. They are not meant to be carbon copies of you. And, you know, dealing with these three individuals what are some of the the lessons like you know so much time like you know how you you talk about again learning about your triggers and any particular like you know um lessons that you know your kids have taught you along the way that have made you just like you know navigate just a little bit better
0: um accepting emotions like not not demonizing or even uh critically thinking that negative emotions are bad or wrong and Usually, most adults are uh, have a discomfort when a kid is unhappy or crying or struggling, and those emotions are theirs and not yours, and and Guilty. your dis your discomfort is yours with mm-hmm. that. And I, I'm I'm nowhere near a perfect dad, and even with timeouts, I think we, I I mean full full disclosure, like I used to stick our middle child, maybe even our first child when our third child was napping. So what, this wasn't even too long ago. Probably Adia, Luca would have been napping. So maybe this was a couple of years ago, but I've grown, but we would we would like do this like backhanded. It's okay to cry, but you might wake up the napping sibling. So you're going to cry outside and you're like, you're, you're manipulating them to like, you know, that's not a very safe experience to be alienated and put outside and have the door closed. So they have their tantrum out there. And I've learned that I feel like it's a, and I've learned this from other, I mean, actually TikTok, Instagram counselors, therapists, some of their content I get snippets up. And that idea of like having a time out with your child in a safe space, just being present for 20 minutes and not saying anything. Right. Um, this idea of just being there when your kid is losing their show. The last the best thing that you could do for them is show up in a calm presence and let them know everything's going to be OK. And they don't want to hear you say that they want to feel you say that. Okay, And 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 that is harder to do than it. Right. And I have all this conditioning and my right. And so for me, my wife, my partner and my kids are the ones that can, you know, my my kids, I'm getting better at not reacting and being as triggered and holding space for whatever struggles and big emotions they have going on, which is a very natural developmental process to go through as a little human.
1: See, I take that to heart. I take that to heart uh, because our daughter's on the ADHD spectrum. And growing up, it's something that we've had to learn with, and we're still learning. You are still learning because temper tantrums sometimes she can deal with an upset pretty basic. I'll just walk it off. If I can just give a big example today, um, we had a lot because she she she's got soccer in the How afternoon. old is she? Uh, she's eight, yeah. and she's got soccer in the afternoon. And today it's been raining, pouring rain all day, but you know, the, um, uh, the, the, the coaches basically let us know like maybe like 10, 15 minutes before like, okay, we're just calling it off. You know, it's not going to happen, but she's ready to go. I never have, I can, I, I basically have to pull a blowhorn in the morning to get her out, but soccer, she'll come home and get dressed by herself. So I'm, I'm yeah. basically getting the text. Like, okay. No practice today. And she's downstairs. She's already ready to go. It's like, okay, let's go. It's like, babe there's no school there, there's no soccer today rain rain it's like yeah but I'm dressed and then tantrum tantrum yeah. and here I am just I'm I'm an adult and I'm like dude just walk it off and I have <laughs> to process it I have to process it. I'm like dude you don't get it she's disappointed she's dealing with something you have to just yeah. show up and yeah. I'm like I have to tell her do you need to go to your room do you need to calm down it's it's okay but that's 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 what humbles me through what you just said. We need to understand that you know what; these are other human beings. These are not our emotions. They, it's their emotions, and we need to learn to be present for the other. Because mm-hmm. it's through our, the way that we deal, it's basically there being our mirrors. Like, okay, right now I know that Daddy was here for me, and we shared this moment, and I was calm, and taught me better. And uh that's some, that's some powerful stuff, man. I'm taking so many notes here, really am. I really am. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, how? How? Um, because I really again, I'm still going back to you. I took so many notes, uh, but you like to use the tagline that risk is life and that kids need risk. Still, whether it's seesaws, whether it's swings, whether it's trampolines, it seems like there's a there's a proviso or health risk hazard of anything. But you just put your two year old on skis, like okay, slick, go go ski, whatever, and they're fine. And you put it yourself. Kids don't need bubble wrap. Why do we all, why do we always tend? Cause we always you know, put in the joke that when I was younger and I could actually like, you know, just walk up, walk up the hill on my hands and everything. But whatever we do, we're still here navigating around the, Oh, please don't, don't, don't go too fast or don't, don't, don't get, don't go too high. Don't, don't climb the tree or don't, don't jump on the, don't. why, why, why can't we just let them? in your experience, cause you're doing this, like you're doing this to a T. Why can't we just let them? What, where did we become so cautious?
0: I think uh, it was just a month ago, a few weeks ago, listening to a Jordan Peterson um, tidbit on the concept of in North America. And I haven't traveled. I've traveled in Europe years ago and I don't know, you know, I know there's developing nations, sec, you know, third world, second world, first world, whatever you will. Like, and, and I, I feel like North America is the ultimate. Maybe Australia is similar. I don't know. The, you know, um, all the UK, whatever they're called. Um, what are they? United Kingdom. <laughs> all the Western, Western civilization, right? But even in Europe, there's a book called Octong Baby where uh, an American family moved to uh, Germany and she was amazed at how far the kids would walk to school on their own or take public transit on their own. And so I think even Europe as Western countries, I'm generalizing, they are less protective than North America, and America might be the the epitome of it. They're usually pretty extreme at everything they do. And so there's this idea that we're having less kids. We have more the West has more resources and wealth than ever before. So you have kids later in life, you have fewer of them and you have more resources. So what do you do? You protect them because you don't have ten of them, you have two of them. You don't you don't have time to protect ten kids on the farm. It just, it just doesn't happen. They're all kind of looking after each other. And that's the thing that happens in large families all over the place in rural, right. rural settings. So I think in the slums around the world, you got kids who are free range in the farms around the world in rural communities. You have kids who are farm kids playing on tractors and finding rusty nails and soil and all sorts of stuff. And then in mountain culture, where I am in, in Western, mid the, the West of uh, North America, there's small towns rural communities all over that value outdoor adventure play We're I'm a bit more on the, I know I'm a bit more on the extreme end of the, that spectrum as far as, you know, my wife started a forest school, uh, the Nature Alliance, Cons- Nature Alliance Conservatory of Canada, CNAC, nice. Canadian Nature Alliance Children, something like that. Okay, They govern the forest school philosophy in, in Canada and, and teach educators. Uh, they, there's a training course Mm-hmm. for forest school practitioners. And forest schools are big in Northern Europe. They're popping up in Canada more and more. They're probably growing in North America. And again, risky play is a term that's only about a decade old. And risky play is very prevalent and important to the forest school philosophy. And wow. the critics of, of this and some helicopter parents or people would say, you're you're darn right negligence. Like, how can you be okay with a trip to the hospital? And it's like, I have three kids, eight five and three we've been to the hospital three times and that was our oldest kid the other two have not been to the hospital since they've been born wow and we ski play climb trees pat, canoe and moving water like we do all these things and like maybe i'll eat my words maybe because life is risk i've thought about this like maybe i'm going to be that social media guy tent who's t- touting about risk and maybe some tragedy is going to happen mm-hmm I reflect on losing my kids on a fairly regular basis, which helps me be so goddamn grateful for having them in my life. This idea that I'm not in control of, of, of them completely or of life. And that the, 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 the the people who play it safe are caught just as often as the bold. When you think about it, like Mm -hmm. accidents happen to people who are playing safe. So, I think we have this cultural shift of extra resources, having kids later in life and a a very litigatious, if that's the right word, like Mm -hmm. like, like, uh, litigating culture in the United States of suing and liability. And, you know, that that playing the victim and then you get to sue somebody else. It's their fault. And it's like all of that is tied into to, to a bit more fear and being scared. And then you end up losing that power of being able to fully experience life.
1: It's so it's so funny the fact that you say that. Growing up in a third world country, right? And I that I'm so guilty of this, and I'm I'll be the first one to admit it. You know what? I grew up in a country where we went weeks without power. All right. I used to walk to school all the time. Okay. Insecurity was dime a dozen, but still, your parents couldn't control you. This is an age before WhatsApp and Google and GPSing your kids and stuff. And hey, you just went to school and you just came home. It's like, how was school today? Yeah, I missed the bus like three times, but then I walked like you know to, to home and anything. It was like maybe like. Miles, you know, because there's no public transportation. And you could do that and it's totally fine. And guess what? I'm resilient. I bring this third world mindset into a first world, you know, upbringing. Great, fine. But here I am with everything I've been through and knowing that kids work out fine. As you put it, life works out. Life has a way of working out. Her there this our kids school is down the street. And I keep telling myself, you know what? She should walk to school. You know, she should walk to school. My wife is like, Absolutely not. And here I am I'm like yeah. She's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's probably not, not safe enough. No, she's probably not, not ready.
0: Oh, and here, here's <laughs> the thing on that. Here's the thing. If I may, the, the, you, you referenced my tutor, putting my two-year-old on skis, all of my kids skied at 18 months. We started skiing on a three foot high snowbank in the front yard. We go to the ski hill and the bunny hill, the cart, the magic carpet that takes you to the top of the beginner hill. Mm-hmm. I start skiing not with them, not going to the top of that because that's too big. Um, <laughs> I we we go 10 feet up and I walk and carry them and they slide back down to mummy or me or I go between my legs. Wow. So walking to school, five blocks, five kilometers, five hundred meters, I taught my four-year-old how to make oatmeal from scratch on the ceramic stove, but I got up for two months every morning and we made it together for 60 days. And on the 61st day, he was able to do it or by the 50th day, he was doing it by himself with me supervising. And then on day 61, I'm laying in bed. He's making oatmeal for his three-year-old brother and wow. one-year-old sister putting him in, the, right? Like we, we, I empowered him to make breakfast and he lights up about it. It's wow. not even like, it, it's not even, it's not child labor. It's not imparting my will on him to grow up fast. It's the, the Montessori approach. Like kids just want to m- mimic and emulate everything their parents do. This is true. And so if you're biking to work or if you walk to school with your child, right, I think that's the, it's it, it, it's still about baby steps. I'm not this extreme, like, you know, kick your five-year-old out the house and tell him to walk around the corner to the grocery store and get the shopping list and bring it home. Wow.
1: Like, okay. You know, it, okay. you've seen those examples. Yeah.
0: There, there's this intentional baby step of meeting them where they're at, and if you're spending time with them, my goal is to empower them and 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 lift them up with what they can do and what they can accomplish, and it it all works out. And kids are are capable, more capable than most adults ever give them, especially in the West. I think
1: kids aren't dumb. Kids aren't dumb. They're Your kids so are smarter. Kids are smarter than you than than yeah. than you know to give them credit for. And you probably experienced this. And the biggest, the biggest, um, the, the, the biggest risk that we're taking, the biggest disservice, I'm sorry, that we're doing to our kids is when we take this bubble of insecurity, doubt and fear, like, don't do this, don't do that. No, watch out, watch out, watch out. And we just pour it into them because we're talking about words and energy. This, this fear and insecurity is eventually going to permeate their 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 willingness to to you know to surpass themselves or try different things or just believe in themselves or fall off the bike and you just just walk it off you know but
0: so what, at how... forest school mm-hmm. kid climbing a tree instead of saying be careful get down from there don't do that they have a list of questions or lines that you can say instead of be careful right okay how do you feel up there what's what's your plan let me know if you need a hand. I'm right here. Okay. What's your next move? Like you're, you're, and, and, the, and the real timid and, and unconfident, non-confident kids aren't going to climb the tree very high. They're naturally going to get up on a branch or two. And then they usually come down. And they think that was all fun and scary for them. And then you have your risk takers who are going to go higher and do more. And there's almost this natural vetting. Of who, how, how the riskier the activity and the higher the elevation of the tree is usually done by the more competent people that can tolerate the fear of being a bit higher.
1: That comes with the innocence of youth, isn't it? Because if you don't, if you don't go ahead and again, give them that seed of fear or that seed of doubt, kids will do pretty incredible things. And that's where we have to catch ourselves as adults and not put our script into them. And that takes a lot. And that's why I admire uh, one of your values, which is the unlearning. You have to know what your triggers are and where you were designed and how you tend to react to certain situations. Understand that. Catch yourself not to give that to your kids. You want to give them the the, the empowerment. You want to give them the right script. And. Um, do you have any practical tips for us to unlearn, you know, this, 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 again, these pre preconceived notions of like, okay, safety and caution and, you know, just, you know, just be careful, be careful. Like, do we like, are there any particular tips you could give us?
0: Uh, I don't think I have anything off the top of my head. I mean, the one thing that comes to mind is I, I hired a life coach two years ago that just helped me work on my junk because my junk is going to be passed on or imprint my kids. And so I think just generally speaking in the broad sense, having a counselor, a therapist or a life coach or some neutral third party. And usually it works out better if you can pay them and it's not just your best friend or your sister Mm -hmm. who has a bias of who you are and what you are and what you're not and all that stuff. And you just have a coach, you have somebody in your corner and I was scared. I'm so frugal. I was scared of paying money to hire somebody to coach me to be a better version of myself. And it's the best investment I've ever made. Wow. So, so I think just in all aspects of being a dad and a, a parent and even just a human kind of leveling up, like, like, and, and again, all all the, all my coach did was hold up a mirror and show me where my blind spots were and shine a light on parts of me that I didn't want to look at. And I think that's all part of growing as an individual. And so, I mean, yeah. So
1: it's so easy to 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 not look at the mirror, isn't it? And tell yourself that you're fine, and tell yourself that yeah, it's, I'll take care of it later. You know, and your
0: right? ego, your ego doesn't want you to look there, right? Your ego is <laughs> like, no, 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 don't look there. You're you're good. Your your patterns and trends that you have ingrained in you have served you your whole life, and we are going to keep on going this way. Wow.
1: But you talked about the shift and. Again, you talk about Ishmael and just uh, a pivotal moment, you know, what uh, Dr. Phil just calls like a defining moment in your life. And if you're standing at that doorstep, you're staying at that threshold, and you can either do two things. You can just step over and walk into this new reality. You can just keep repeating the same pattern. And you know what? For everybody listening to us, that's one thing that you have to do. Otherwise, you're just accepting that it's, things are going to be the same. But you can do that. From what I'm getting from you, you can. There's never. There's never a right time, is there?
0: So yesterday, today, <laughs> today,
1: today, today. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. And um, but that one thing I want to say, thank you though, because you know, just through your journey and through all the wonderful, all the wonderful content you share, you keep telling us that you know what, it's okay not to have it all figured out, because a lot of times we want to fall crazy into thinking that, you know, how come I'm not where I want to be? Or how come am I really the best father? Am I really the best husband? Am I being really uh, the best version of me I can be? But you know what? You put it so simply, life always works out, you know, as long as you stay, stay true to yourself, you know, and, you know, for a lot of people that listen to us, and I get this a lot, especially in some messages, personal messages, a lot of people tell me like, yeah, I'm scared. Yeah, I don't really know. Yeah, I feel so tired. I feel like I'm questioning, 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 and it's this insecurity that I think is, as always, fogging up, you know, that notion of our better self. And I was wondering if you'd had some more of encouragement in regards to like, you know what, be okay with the uncertainty. Because a lot of people are dealing with that and probably don't know how to make, make sense of all the the fog, you know. So, yeah. you can help them?
0: Well, one thing I get in a lot of my content is people comment on how fearless my kids are. And... It couldn't be further from the truth. I see my kids scared all the time, not every day, not at, like I'm not, I'm not taking them to the edge of the big cliff to ski off of every day, but, but, but by skiing with them so much or biking and I, I see them get to situations where they are uncertain, unsure. They walk around a feature. They, they don't do it that day, but we come back to that place 10 times in two weeks or, you know, 20 days later, we're back there again and they've developed their skills by showing by going to mountain bike every day for half an hour or four times a week for half an hour by by starting that the steps of a podcast or uh, uh, editing your video or your new business by just spending a couple hours a day on it. You end up chipping away like like through the action of showing up every day and doing a little bit of work towards whatever goal you have out there that you, you're guiding you or calling you, you end up showing up just by day by day, little by little. And that's what I'm doing with my kids. The fear is still there. I don't think it's this idea of being fearless. You 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 want to accept the fear, embrace it, acknowledge it, fully feel it, and just not let it be the driver. It doesn't have to be in the driver's seat because you are not your emotions. You are not your fear. You are not your... Right. You're the you're the observer. You're the witness to all that. So I think just showing up every day in baby steps. I think that's how they do it in therapy for even getting people over like significant traumas. Mm -hmm. It's all about just incrementally showing up and eventually they tackle their fears head on, but only through long hours of counseling and getting introduced to it slowly. So I feel like it's the same thing if you have an endeavor, a new job, a career, a startup something you want to change in your life. You just have to kind of do it. It's like this, you're. it's easy to get paralyzed and think about it or consume more content about changing and strategize ideas. And then you just don't actually do it. So my kids are doing outdoor adventure sports in the mountains. They're showing up every day. I don't push them beyond their comfort zone, but I like to nudge them and just embrace that fear that's there and acknowledge it and not let it not make it a big deal wow
1: Ah, oh, you've got me so energized man it's like wow wow because this is this is so true this is so true this is stuff that these are things that i've dealt with which is why you know i hear you speak and like wow if i'd only like come to my senses just a little bit earlier just taking and accepting the fact that you know what there's no like you know fatality going on eventually you have to come to terms that at the at the end of the day you are responsible for your choice and your reality and you shape that. And it's not good nor bad. And we have to always catch ourselves not to put the blame or, you just the, oh, the, oh, the ever, the ever reaching guilt trip, you know, the internal dialogue of saying like, you know, I'm not where I need to be because, and Eric has got it all figured out and everything. Like every day is a trip. <laughs> um, but I want, I, I did want, I did want to, uh, to bring that up as well. How important is it to always have. A partner who's in the same mindset as you like because your relationship you guys as a relationship is so powerful and it's 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 something that is really so heartwarming to see how you guys manage your own reality and how to get both of you both of you have chosen to just like take the leap and live with intention and you know sometimes you know it's it's so important to have that significant other by our side who's in our corner isn't it
0: absolutely i'm very grateful for For Courtney, having her in my life. And if I'm completely honest, that's the one aspect of my life and in my all my relationships that I need to show up more for, right? I, I want to, I want to improve the quality of that relationship, which 110%, uh, can come from me. I, I can lead that and I'm making steps in that direction. We, we have a great thing going. We're very aligned with our kids. And we 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 made a lot of held a lot of space for each other to go do our own things that made us happy. Mm-hmm. Um Courtney and I had our first kid when we uh we weren't together very long, so it was a whoopsie mm-hmm. situation, which so we we have a very beautiful family and lots to be grateful for. And I I just yeah, I want to keep connecting and growing with Courtney and kind of fall into that mature choice relationship love of of you know, a couple more decades, hopefully.
1: It shall. It shall be. Cause like the energy like is felt all the way through your content and everything that you guys are going through. There are ups and downs. And again, I've been with my wife for 17 years. I know how it is. So, but it's definitely something I'm seeing. And again, from one father to another, I'm just saying that, you know, you guys have a tremendous thing going and you know what? I just, um, uh, I want to be very respectful of the clock. Um, but again, it's It's been a tremendous, tremendous honor of a conversation, Eric. Thank you so much. um I just want to celebrate everything that you're doing because it's important to always mind within your own five values again, I'm telling you guys, please go watch this video and please let Eric take two seconds to walk you through the journey of his own little reality and he's in the little corner of nature of fun nature walk with Eric, but telling you about his five values of why not he just parents the way he parents, but also why you choose to live your life the way you do and you live your life as I like I said with intent uh not resignation you know dare to be different risk his life unlearn play outdoors and you know just want to spend your time with the kids so this is a very a conversation that's surrounded about you know the concept of parenting but guys even if you have kids or don't have kids I think this is a very useful talk uh for anyone to pick a little nuggets from and actually choose to again you know just you know just take a look uh within the mirror. Just look at the person in the mirror and say like, okay, are you the best version you can be? And if not, what can we do, you know, to reverse engineer that? Eric, thank you so much for this time. Um any particular place that uh, we can direct the listeners to just to connect with you?
0: Uh YouTube and Instagram kind of my two two main drivers. I'm on TikTok as well, but you, YouTube is a good place for my longer video content where we mm-hmm. kind of I have more time to share these more meaningful values behind my content usually mm-hmm. and um instagram was my first home where i grew the grew the fastest or grew 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 fairly big there so one thousand posts
1: one thousand posts congrats on that one
0: yeah thanks yeah this is a little over two and a half years so uh i'm not going anywhere got lots of stuff happening really cool things happening without mountain life with uh potentially a reality tv show coming down the works whoa uh there's there's uh yeah there's there's certain certain things happening that that could be things could get weird and i'm just holding on so we'll see
1: proud of you (laughs) Proud of you. Proud of you. Open, open form. Like last question. It's not really a question, but sometimes I like to invite the guests. Just like a very open platform. Just like either a quote, a song lyric, a book, anything. Just uh, just what I like to call anything. Anyone can wake up tomorrow and take that next step. At least call it about baby steps. You know, towards the next level. Anything we can just live to leave the listeners with.
0: Um, be kind to yourself. If you're if you're trying to grow and be the better version of yourself, you got to be kind to yourself. Wow. Because I'm writing that that's down. That's that's a key. that's a key part of it for me. You're not you don't need to get rid of and throw away your old self. You need to love and accept and be grateful and be kind to that version of yourself that served you for so many years.
1: Wow. Wow. Eric Ledums, it's an honor and a thrill uh, from concept Quebec all the way to Ferny BC. I can thank you on behalf of all the listeners of Waking the Austin awesome podcast. This was a tremendous conversation, guys, please do connect uh, with Eric on all his social media platforms. He is that mountain life, all one word on Instagram and on YouTube, but I will link it up on the blog post and all the contacts on this episode. Once it goes live, guys have a tremendous, tremendous day, wherever these words find you stay blessed as always do stay awesome. This has been another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. We always love to get your feedback, so please do drop us a line via Instagram, Facebook, or email. Our email address, awakentheawesome at gmail.com. Do visit our official website at awakentheawesome.ca where you can find our entire back catalog of episodes and incredible guests. Also, if you haven't already...